0: This episode contains mention of violence, rape, suicide, and descriptions of graphic scenes. Listener discretion is advised. In 1980, fear gripped the Twin Cities area. A monster was lurking in the dark, and all police had was the sound of his voice. Welcome back to Hey, Have You Heard About? I'm your host, Maddie, and joining me today is my lovely friend, Rebecca. Hello, hello. Hello. I'm so excited you're here. We've got a great, fun story today, and I kind of alluded it to the in the first episode. I alluded to it, so I'm excited to be talking about this. Ooh. I think I'm more excited than you are, though. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to have to fight, I guess. <laughs> Obviously. It's fine, yeah. But yes, this is going to be our first serial killer episode, and I'm really excited because serial killers... They're bad people, but they're interesting to study for sure.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. The Ted Bundy Falls were like. Oh, God. And yes. So, yes.
0: I love that. Um, the movie, I won't talk about it. I'll talk about it probably in the future, but I won't talk about it now because then this will be two hours long. Anyway, <laughs> so um, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. So every episode I talk about a new case, whether it be true crime, paranormal, or, you know, like conspiracy theories. Um, And hopefully the person that I'm telling the story to has never heard of it before. So you get their first real reactions to it. So if y'all ain't been
1: listening, y'all missing out.
0: Yeah, for real. Check it out. Leave a good review, please. Um, But as always, I like to start the podcast with some good news. And today is pretty good news. I like this. This made me smile, as always. Um, So the title is... World Wildlife Fund gets ex-poachers to protect and save the big cats they once hunted.
1: Oh my gosh, that is so great. I
0: know. And like, if you guys don't know um, what WWF is, they're a great nonprofit organization whose goal is to like help animals worldwide, particularly endangered species. They're great. Check them out. I love them. The poster child's like a panda, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the panda... panda people the panda people but that's like amazing i'm i'm excited that
1: that's happening Oh,
0: and the story was like incredible and i'll link it down below if you want to read it's a really short article but it's really fun um so snow leopards are no longer endangered because of the poachers that once hunted them Yay! which is uh, so great um so wwf hired poachers uh as researchers in order to track and monitor populations of snow leopards Um, in Russia, which is where they're hardcore hunted, um, and partially, like, not partially, that's the reason why they were on the endangered list in the first place, because of these poachers. So I thought it was really great to read that, like, these people who completely decimated the population are, like, helping to bring them back.
1: uh, Well, I mean, they're hunting them, so, like, they probably know more about them as a species than the scientists themselves,
0: so it's actually a really smart thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, But this program started in 2015, and since then, currently in 2019, populations have stabilized and even improved in some areas. I'm glad 2019 was a good year for somebody. Yeah, for real. We're not (laughs) even halfway through yet. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Um, But so... (laughs) One last thing, WWF plans on using this technique in other countries as a means of ensuring species protection, which I think is great. And I talked about this briefly in the last episode. This is kind of the same topic of good news because, like, I just love hearing about endangered animals or extinct animals, like, being rediscovered or saved and stuff like that. So I just think, you know, I just want my kids to see a polar bear, you know? There was
1: actually, I saw an article on... um one of the many news places i follow on facebook because that's where i get my news right but so this guy hunted on his own land this albino turkey yeah which was like a huge deal because it's a very rare animal right you know you had arguments from both sides like it's his land it's completely legal to hunt them but at the same time like it's a beautiful animal Mm -hmm. but i mean i guess like my family hunts i get it My parents would have put it up on the wall and respected it forever. You know, it's not like he doesn't respect the animal, but at the same time, he did kill it. I see both sides.
0: Yeah. It's hard. It is. It's a very complicated issue. And I think it's good that we do have, like, you know, nonprofit organizations like WWF who are, like, ensuring that, you know, these really rare species of animals like the snow leopard and stuff are being preserved and well taken care of i'm glad yeah yeah so that's the good news for today unfortunately there is no more good news um yikes so it's time for my infamous segue so rebecca i've got this really big mug here it's got (coughs) hot chocolate in it and i love it you should read what it (gasps) says Don't make me use my
1: teacher voice. Is this a teacher
0: serial killer? No, it's not. Oh, Oh, no. But but you did uh, voice is the key word for tonight. Okay, well,
1: I'm an education major, so I went straight to teacher. (laughs) I was like, this is about to be some hot tea. But I bet
0: this is still good, though. Oh, yeah. It's it's pretty exciting. Not going to lie. So, hey, Rebecca, have you heard about the weepy voiced killer? Yes. You have? No, no. Okay. No. I was like, oh my. <laughs> no. This is good. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, I appreciate
1: it. Love you guys. <laughs> Subscribe. Blah, blah, blah. Every single episode that I've listened to, I've waited for someone to say that they have. <laughs> I've been planning that since like episode one has come out. But no, I have not heard of okay. the voice killer. Okay, good.
0: But I would love to know more. This, and I like I said, I mentioned this guy in the first podcast, which it's been, I don't know. Hot minute. A hot minute since the first podcast, so I I doubted anybody remembered that because it was just a passing comment. But yes, this guy is creepy as all get out. I'm smiling right now, but you can't see it.
2: <laughs> I love like um, serial
0: killers. He oh boy, he um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He's he's quite a character, let me tell you. And we are going to hear it straight from him as well. <gasps> what? Yes. Ooh. Yes.
1: So is he here? Is he in your room?
0: No, I certainly hope not. (laughs) Uh, No, he's not. But, yes, so I'll explain. Well, let's get into the story, and I'll explain why he's called the Weepy Voice Killer. So the year 1980, New Year's Eve, we are in the Twin Cities, which is the um, St. Paul and Minneapolis, Minnesota area. It's, like, it's really weird. It's, like, they're so close together, they just call them the Twin Cities, basically. But in this part of the story, we're specifically in St. Paul, I believe. So we're on that side. Okay. So Karen Potak was out with her friends and sister. Um, they were going to some bars because it's New Year's Eve. You know, that's what you do on New Year's Eve. Uh, she's college age. So, of course, she's out there. I have a picture of her right here if you want to. It's not a good picture because it was the 80s. But um, this is her. As like right a child. There. Uh, as a child or around the same age she was i'll post all these on the twitter by the way follow me on twitter hhyha podcast thank you very much follow the twitter please
1: um but yeah so this is what she looked like so in my mind like i'm building his type you Mm -hmm. know she has dark hair right um you know it's black and white photos so i can't tell much Mm -hmm. but dark hair that's what i'm getting long dark hair yes
0: dark hair that's good um it's me oh god (laughs) um but so yeah so karen was out with her friends they were hanging out they were at a bar when this happened so they were partying they stayed at one particular bar for pretty much the whole night until it closed and that's when karen's friends noticed that she was gone this was around 1 a.m um and they assumed that she went home because she didn't live very far she could walk home if she wanted
1: I'm not gonna say they're bad friends because I'm sure they feel horrible now, especially mm-hmm. if she's dead. Mm-hmm. But like, that's you why we have do sister that. code.
0: Yeah, honestly. Um, never ever walk by yourself. Amen. Thank you. Always have one sober friend in the group to keep an eye on everybody. Exactly. That's such a and to drive. Do not drive and drink. No, please don't. We we don't condone that here. We do not. Um. So, so. Um. So, yeah, she, she they assumed that she went home. They didn't really look for her because they were like, oh, you know, she probably walked that way. She's fine. You know, we'll see her in the morning or whatever. Um, that night, it was, like, ridiculously cold outside. Like, I think I read somewhere, it, it, at the time, it was, like, a record for how cold it was. But so Karen was walking around, you know, in her party outfit, not very warm, obviously. Because you're never warm when you go out. Because who wants to look cute and also stay warm? Oh, I, wanted, I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's going to be a lot of that. Don't worry. Um, so, <laughs> Hose don't get cold. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep that. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, uh, So the street was really busy. Karen was walking around. She tried to take a shortcut in an alleyway. And that's where she met a man a tall dark stranger? Mm. Not any of the a stranger, yes, but <laughs> I don't think tall or dark. Um Of course, he's white. He's a serial killer. Yes, yes, definitely. Okay, so uh she met this guy and he was like, "Hey, you look pretty cold. You know, I can I'm happy to let you sit in my car to warm up for a bit before you head home." And she was like, "Yeah, sure." Dude Do- we don't know if she was still, like, intoxicated at this point. I
1: mean, I know in the 80s, like, I, they weren't a- as aware of the bad stuff in the world. Yeah, but.
0: I would assume she probably was, but, like, all the different sources, like, some people said she wasn't, some people said she was, but based on, like, personal experience, she was probably a little bit intoxicated, you know? Not that this is any of her fault. No, 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 not, not this is any of her fault. I mean, it's just unfortunate circumstances. Right. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, so it was really cold. He offered her, you know, to sit in the car to warm up a little bit before she continued home. And she was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Two hours later, police received this phone call, which I will play for you guys right now. Let me make sure my sound is up. So here's the first phone call. And I want you to listen carefully. It's okay if you don't understand what he's saying, because I have it written down, which I will repeat back. But yeah, here's the first phone call.
2: Yes, please. This is an emergency. Please send a squad to just on the road, uh, Mollenberg Manufacturing Company Machine Shop. Please there's an ambulance too. There's a girl hurt. Can you tell me what happened to her? just hurry is she's laid on the ground in the back by the by the railroad tracks by the engine. Hurry. What's, what's the address? I don't know. Who are you?
1: Thoughts? Um. My immediate reaction is that he's trying to disguise his voice in some way. Mm -hmm. But basically, you know, maybe he's feeling remorse because he's trying to get them to immediately find the body. Whereas other serial killers, you know, especially when they first start out, they're trying to hide them for as long as possible so that they can you know, keep killing for as long
0: as possible. Right. And you're certainly not the first person to think that he was disguising his voice in any way. Because pretty much every source I said, I like heard and looked into said, he, it sounds like he's disguising his voice, which is a very real possibility.
1: Wait, weepy voice killer? Yes. Oh, so he just sounds like a he weepy He sounds voice. like he's
0: crying, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: so he's like not at all remorseful. He's just... Maybe that's, that's a theory.
0: That's a theory, yeah. Um. So I'm going to read out what he said for those of you that didn't understand.
1: That was a little hard, we'll say.
0: Yeah. Sound mm-hmm. like, you know, address. Mm-hmm. Help. So he said, this is an emergency. Please send a squad to Pierce Butler Road. Um, something manufacturing company machine shop Please send an ambulance to There's a girl hurt there And then the police were like What happened? She said, he said just hurry She's lying on the ground in the back By the railroad tracks by the engine room Hurry And the police said What's the address? He said I don't know The police said who are you? And he hung up So that is just that. That was the first phone call that was made to the police via 911. So, um, the police were like, We don't know who this guy is, but we might as well check out, you know, what he's talking about because it is New Year's Eve. People get crazy, you know, why not? So they did, and they found Karen, um, injured and alone. There was no one around. Injured? She's alive. She is alive. Yes. Um, She was naked and she had been beaten with a tire iron. Mm. And it was so bad that her skull was cracked open. But yes, she was still alive. Wow. Yeah. Not only that, but she had been raped and it was obvious that there had been a murder attempt. So they rushed her to the hospital. She was fine after a few days, miraculously. Which I don't even know how you bounce back from something like that. That's insane.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine.
0: Mm-hmm. But when police questioned her about what had happened, about who had attacked her, she actually had no memory of the event.
1: Yeah, because her head was cracked open. Right.
0: So, like, no leads at all. So, we're going to fast forward to June 3rd,
1: 1981.
0: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Another phone call is placed to the St. Paul police. Yeah, we're still in St. Paul at this point. So here's the second phone call. Make sure my sound is up again.
2: Yeah. Oh, you you find me I just got somebody with a can't stop myself. I keep somebody
0: you know? So for this one, all he said was will you blank find me? I just stabbed somebody with an ice pick. I can't stop myself. I keep killing somebody.
1: That sounds terrifying. Yes. In my mind, you know, as you were telling me about the first girl, I'm like, you know, what a disgusting human being would it take to, you know, take advantage of a person like that, but, you know, now it's obviously some kind of mental disorder.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to get to the next. Okay, here it is make sure I have all the time codes for the videos (laughs) or the the voices um saved so okay there we go but yeah so the police got that phone call I can't remember what time it was but it was I think around the afternoon time when they got it it was after lunch basically or after lunch mid-afternoon like early evening type you know call so This was a, you know, obviously it's the same voice. Um, Very distinctive voice. Very distinctive voice, yeah. So this guy calls in, but he, uh, I mean, you notice that he didn't leave an address or anything this time around. He just said that he killed somebody with an ice pick. So um, let's see. At first, okay, here I am. I'm trying to reorganize myself. Oh, no, you're fine. (laughs) At first, um, the police didn't link the first call with the second. For some reason, mm-hmm. which I guess makes sense because it had been a couple months at this point.
1: Yeah. Also, their technology wasn't as
0: advanced. Right. Exactly.
1: I watch a lot of Dexter. <laughs> oh, there you go.
0: <laughs> Fun. <laughs> I need to check that show out. Actually, that's very good. Um, but so they disregarded the call, the second one. They were like, "Oh, it's just some kid. He's joking around. You know, no one would call in confessing to a murder."
1: How could you disregard that?
0: I, I, I don't know. Like, that's just crazy to me that the police weren't like, okay, let's go look around. Yeah,
1: well, like, now we have, like, GPS where you can locate where someone's area is based on the call and all that stuff.
0: yeah. You know. Yeah. It was a different time back then. and It's just like, I think in retrospect, it's like, okay, how did they not know? But now it's just, or now it's like, how did they not know? But back then it was, like, probably a lot more difficult. Not probably. It was a lot more difficult. The world was a lot bigger then. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, but so they originally thought it was a joke. They disregarded it. Forgot it. Um, a few hours later, they discovered the body of Kimberly Compton. Let me show you her picture. Dark hair, in case you are wondering. Mm-hmm. Dark hair. She's white. You know, she's she's a lot younger than Karen was. And that is because... And this, this part... Of the story is so sad. Like it breaks my heart. But so she, Kara, uh, not Karen, Kimberly was 18 years old and she was new in town. She was new to St. Paul. Um, and by new, I mean she had literally just moved there a few hours before. Oh my God. So the day she arrived, she was killed. Um, so she had been stabbed 61 times and strangled by this weepy voiced killer. Which is very upsetting to think about.
1: Right. I'm processing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My brain immediately wants to make a joke, though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe not the best time, too. I don't Quite know. a welcoming party. I know. I know.
1: <laughs> but that's horrible.
0: Yeah. It's just like, it's... Okay. So, here's, here's her story. Um, so, she was from Wisconsin. She had literally just graduated high school, I think a few weeks ago or a few days ago it's not really confirmed but she was basically she was fresh out of high school and she wanted to move to the big city and get away from her small town so that's what she did um she got off the bus that day she put her stuff in a locker at the bus station and then she went to Mickey's Diner which was a a restaurant right across the street from the bus station and that is where she met her killer she said um or witnesses said that he started a conversation and he offered to show her around since she was new and she was like yeah sure whatever absolutely
1: i wonder if it was like just happenstance or like if he knew if i wait across the street from the bus station i'm gonna get people who aren't from here so if i kill them they may not know for a while but at the same time as soon as he was done he placed the call but i think that also has a lot to do with the potential mental stuff going oh, on.
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, honestly, like, based on what I know and what we're going to talk about later on, I'm not sure if... It's it's really difficult to say because it's obvious most of the women that he, he did hurt, kill, you know, assault, um, did have dark hair and did fit a sort of, you know, image that he, he I guess he had. So it, it's weird to think, like, Maybe he was sitting there, you know, looking for that specific type of girl. Or maybe it was just some random thing, you I know?
1: It, you know, if they all look the same and if you think he's not selecting them, then it's probably just subconscious. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe if there was, I guess, schizophrenia or, you know, multiple personality type thing going on. Right. You know, it might not have even been him.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I just think this case in particular with this killer there's a lot of layers to it that unfortunately we don't know, which again, I'll get into that later on. um, Because when we talk about who it ended up being, there's just like not a lot that we know about his life before he was the weepy voiced killer. And it's very, it's hard to understand. I think because of that, you know, it's hard to, cause we always, at least for me, when you hear stories like this, you always wonder why did they do that? Like, because there has to be a why there has to be a reason but it's just like with this story it's hard to find a reason
1: that's another show
0: It's called motive (laughs) just add it to the list perfect Um, I agree
1: yeah there has to be a reason you know even if you blame it on some type of you know sickness or mm -hmm. something like that there's always a reason
0: yeah yeah um but we'll get more into that as we go along I'm ready for more. (laughs) So, um, let's see, where was I? Okay, so, obviously, when they found Kimberly's body, she had no identification on her because all of her stuff was at the bus station. Was she naked, too? I don't believe so. Okay. I think she still had clothes on. There was no, I think there was no evidence of sexual assault. Just stabbing. Yes, just stabbing. That's perplexing. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, stabbing in itself is still a very sexual way to hurt somebody right you know penetration but um
1: i don't know it's it, i wonder why yeah maybe it's, he didn't view kimberly as you know like a sexual object as much as he did the other girl mm-hmm. maybe because of her age yeah maybe they had some kind of like conversation that was just like okay i'm not gonna assault her i'm just gonna kill her
0: yeah which i think yeah um i think i don't know he's he is a very like I said, he's a very interesting individual, and like I said, we'll talk about it um, once we get to his background and who he was as a person. So um, so the police actually finally realized, oh, this phone call that we got was telling us about Kimberly's murder, so let's trace the phone call. So they traced the phone call back to a pay phone that was by the diner, Mickey's Diner. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. So, um, let's see. So, like I said, the body had no identification on her. However, they were able to confirm that she had eaten at Mickey's Diner and she had met her killer there because she died so soon after she arrived that when investigators examined her stomach contents, they found beef and fries with teeth marks still in them so it hadn't even been digested yet
1: she didn't chew very well (laughs) no
0: she didn't um but so that night that was the special at mickey's diner so that's how they placed it
1: i'm gonna say this right now Mm -hmm. this might be because of all the shows i watch but if i'm ever a serial killer i'm gonna be a dang good one Y'all will never hear about me unless I, I want, <laughs> y'all will never hear about me unless I want you to hear about me. And Madeline, mm-hmm. you'll be first.
0: Oh my God, please <laughs> I'm just no. kidding, I'm just kidding. Please don't end up on the, I say this to all of my guests at this point, please don't end up on the other side of my podcast. Please don't be the that topic. That is my ultimate
1: goal. Thank oh my you for God. it.
0: Oh my God, okay. Well, moving on from there. Hey
1: Madeline, have you heard of my <laughs> Oh God. <laughs>
0: Um, so basically, because they had identified Mickey's Diner as the original place where she had met her killer, um, they were able to figure out her movements. So because they saw Mickey's Diner and they saw the bus stop, they were like, OK, so she's, got, you know, obviously maybe she came from the bus stop. And then they did some digging, found where her locker was, and that's how they ID'd her. Great puzzle piecing. Guys. Yes, we're doing it. Great Slowly, job. slowly, we're getting together. So proud of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So unfortunately, besides the phone call, there was no physical evidence on the body or in the surrounding area. I mean, the phone call wasn't physical evidence, but that's all they had to go on at this point. Um, that the two cases were linked, Karen and Kennedy's, Kimberly. or Kimberly's. Yeah, Kimberly. Um so flash forward to june 5th here we go this is the third phone call june 5th a couple days later or june 5th a year later june 5th a couple days later yeah so this is like three two days later um so this is the third phone call that he made to police about um compton's murder so here it is
2: don't talk just listen I'm sorry what I did to Compton I couldn't help it don't know why I had this I am so upset about it I keep getting drunk every day I can't believe it I feel like a big dream just, I can't think of being locked up if I get locked up I'll kill myself I'd rather kill myself to get locked up. i
0: try not to kill anybody else. So, if you didn't catch what he said there, he said, Don't talk, just listen. I'm sorry what I did to Compton. I couldn't help it. Don't know why I had to stab her. I'm so upset about it. I keep getting drunk every night. I can't believe I did it. I can't think of being locked up. If I get locked up, I'll kill myself. I'd rather kill myself than get locked up. I'll try not to kill anybody else. It's
1: interesting that he immediately addresses her as her last name.
0: Yes. So he obviously knew not only
1: her first name, but her full name. Oh, absolutely. And all of her things were in the locker. I'm assuming she probably had a wallet with her because she paid
0: for her food. Hmm.
1: So maybe her, you know, identification was in there. But
0: that's very odd. Yeah. To call someone by the, their last name. Oh, yeah. I, I, well, honestly, I think, like... When it comes to first name last names for me first names are always a lot more personal than last names that's very true so i feel like maybe he's trying to distance himself from her in a weird way
1: so all of my high school teachers that were coaches didn't really care
0: about me <laughs> i'm sorry to tell you this <laughs> rebecca i'm sorry oh my god um but yeah so like i think that might have which is an interesting point i haven't no one that i've read like None of the sources I used has really brought up that point that he used her last name instead of the first.
1: I feel like the the words that we choose to use, especially in, you know, highly emotional um, events such as that. Right. Like, he's literally confessing, even though they don't know who he is. They mm-hmm. don't know exactly what's going on. Right. But he's literally confessing, which is, you know, really emotional. So, the specific words he used are really important.
0: Right. So, what... An- now that let's keep going with this um, idea. So, like, you said at first when you first heard the voice that it sounds like he's acting, like he's putting on an act. Did that call sound different to you at, in any way? That's kind genuine. Yeah. Very yeah.
1: genuine. Um, you know, going still with the last name, him still sounding genuine. Maybe he's trying to distance himself from her. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't want to feel as guilty. So he's, you know, using her last name to kind of push the guilt out of his mind
0: yeah so he's like trying to sort of get rid of like he's confessing and i feel like i think the psychology of him actually calling in and confessing to these crimes is really interesting because like when we think of a confessional in like religious terms for instance like you think of it as like god forgiving you like wiping clean all of your sins
1: Oh. So I think
0: it's interesting that he's calling in, confessing all of these things. So do you
1: think, like, he just needs a confession and he knows that's who's in charge? Or, you know, does he view the justice system as God? And he knows, you know, what his wrath will be? Yeah. Because he's like, I'm not going to go to prison. I'll kill myself before that. Right. Which is also really interesting because he's killing women. Mm -hmm. But that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But I, I, I I think I'm going back to the you know, schizophrenia or, you know, multiple personalities. Like, there's something going on for yeah. him to be this guilty about it. Oh, yeah. It doesn't like, make sense. I don't think he's putting it on anymore I any don't way. think any
0: normal person, and I say normal as in, like, you know, person who doesn't have schizophrenia or multiple personality, not that there's anything wrong with that. Obviously, you're not a killer if you have those. But I think. I think we can define normal as not serial killer. Yeah. Let's define <laughs> it as not serial killer. But I think any normal person would, like, you know, they wouldn't. One instant, be a horrible maniac who's trying to kill women and rape them and you know destroy them as much as they can, and then just turn around and feel all this guilt and remorse. I feel like if you're gonna, if you're a serial killer, you know you're not gonna feel that remorse, which is you know obvious in like Bundy and um well, maybe Dahmer if, and all them.
1: Maybe if you think of it as. He had all this, you know, pent up aggression or yeah. emotions and he finally just broke. Like something caused him, caused him to break like, you know, several times that he killed each of these women. Right. So, you know, maybe with all of those emotions or anger or whatever it was, maybe he did feel remorseful afterwards. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can't really know. Right. Or maybe we can. You haven't
0: told me yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Don't worry. Um. So, let's see. After this phone call was placed and they realized it's the same guy like phone call number three it's him again um the police finally released all of the phone calls to the media and they had this big call they said like if you recognize this voice contact this number and let us know and we will investigate it as much as possible did they release the the full calls yes oh censored of course like for curse words and things like that but Um, yes they you know
1: the name did they censor that i would hope so
0: I don't believe they did. Ooh, yeah. I mean, if you think about this in the police's you know, perspective, they are trying to catch this guy as soon as possible. And so they're thinking, like, the best way to do that is just by contacting the media, which sometimes is a great help. But other times, like, for instance, in this case, um, they got so many phone calls of just random people that were like, Oh, my God, I think my husband is the killer or I think my brother's the killer or I think my boyfriend's the killer. That's why
1: I don't agree with, you know, involving the media and everything, especially, you know, where they're calling in tips like that. Because right. Everybody thinks that they're involved somehow. It's right. What, it's each individual person's God. Yeah. Conflicts. They want to
0: they want to insert themselves into the story. Right. Yeah. It's it's very it's a complicated matter, I think, when when it comes to media. And like that's also and this is a whole other topic, I think, for a whole other podcast that's not this one but like i feel like when the media comes into play that's when everything gets really sensationalized i mean obviously they're trying to get a story so i don't know i feel like it's cool to give killers names like the weepy voice killer I immediately, you know, know who that is. But at the same time, my problem is that they focus on the killer rather than the people who have been affected by him.
1: I mean, look at, you know, the horrible event that just happened in New Zealand. They refused to name right. the terrorist. Yes. Um, and I think that was very important. Uh, going back to media, though, you know, I agree they shouldn't be involved because they are just trying to get a story. But at the same time, you know, looking at, like, Amber Alerts. Yeah. media, No, like,
0: Amber Alerts I agree with. but yeah. when, But when you've got some someone who does like terrorist attacks or school shootings, you know, we've had a lot of those recently or you know serial killers. I feel like when the media gets involved, they're going to dramatize it, they're going to make it seem overly dramatic and like you know, make it seem like it's this really, you know, horrible thing that has happened, which it is, but like instead of focusing on the people who were killed or hurt by these monsters, All the focus is on the people who committed the, like, acts. Which I think is just the most disgusting thing, you know? Like, I'm gonna... I was saving this for the end of the podcast, but I guess I'll mention it here. Um, So when it comes to serial killers, when we're gonna be discussing them, I don't want you guys to have the killer's name in your head be the last thing that you hear. I, At the end of each episode, I've got a list of the um, women or people affected by each serial killer and I'm going to read the names of the people that were killed. I love that. Cuz like, I mean, they deserve just as much attention if not more, you know? Like, I know we all love like Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, um, I can't think of any others right now cuz it's like there's yeah, a lot. There's a lot. But what really matters is the victims and their stories, I think. 100%. Yeah. So that's what I'll do at the end of the podcast, so stick around if you want to participate in that um but so yes so they got the media involved at this point um hundreds of calls came in to the police that said you know like I said oh my brother's a serial killer or my you know dad or my uncle or my you know co-worker um the police looked into every single one wow yeah so they they really want to catch this guy unfortunately there were no leads no voices matched the call as much as people wanted them to. So, the case went cold for nine months.
1: I thought you were about to say years. I was about to be no. so mad. No, 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 so, no, no. I mean, not, nine months is, you know, yeah. a
0: lot, but nine years would have been a lot nine worse. Nine years would have been a lot worse. Um, So, around this time, they actually got their first suspect for the murder and the assault. So alan lopez was his name um he murdered his family two months after kimberly's murder so really relatively close i don't know anything about alan Mm -hmm. um but i would
1: like to say with the information that i know about serial killers um the beginning
0: is usually more personal rather than the end yes very much so did he do it was it him he did not I'll spoil Ooh, it. Look at me. Um, <gasps> but so, uh, so this is the first suspect. So after he murdered his family, um, he, okay, let me back up. So he had been sent to a mental facility a few months bef- like prior, um, which police thought, okay, this might have been that in between between January and June where, you know, there was no murder. So he had been sent to a mental facility during that time, and. When he was released, he stayed with his family, which they killed, you know, he killed them two months after Kimberly's murder. So, um, there was a standoff with police for a few hours after he killed his family. He was locked, he locked himself in the house, would not come out. (laughs) So, um, during that standoff, however, he shouted out to police that he had killed Kimberly, that he, he confessed to her murder. Was anyone in his family named Kimberly? No. Hmm. Yeah, there's something else going on there, too. Right. And like, I think that's another problem with this being so publicized at this point. You're going to have people who are going to want to take responsibility for it for some reason. Right. So, but yes, he confessed to it. Um, he was found, he was tried, he was found guilty of his family's murder, not Kimberly's. Um, and before they could question him about Kimberly's murder he committed suicide
1: i guess that one too in case you guys were wondering i was doing (laughs) gestures um i'm not proud of this this is of course not a great circumstance to joke about but this is my personality and you signed up for it here we are hey have you heard about
0: (laughs) yeah so he committed suicide before he could be questioned about um kimberly's murder so police did some more digging they were like okay we have to connect this this attack to you know both of these attacks to him because obviously he confessed to Kimberly he must have done you know he must have hurt Karen as well putting all their eggs in one basket yeah Mm -mm -mm. so so he couldn't have police found that he couldn't have done the first attack because he was in a mental facility that day but he also had a day pass so he, he was in the mental facility but he could have gone out that night and, you know, hurt, assaulted Karen.
1: I'd like to say that this says a lot about um, our mental health yeah. system. If mm-hmm. you're allowing people that could potentially kill their, you know, families to have day passes. Right. But again, this was the 80s. It's a different time. I know. Hopefully we've progressed since then. We haven't, but it's whatever.
0: It's whatever. We have a carrot for president. <laughs> I mean, you're not. I'm not um, endorsing anybody. You no. Know. Um. So, but they did find out that on the night or on the day of Kimberly's murder, he was in jail. So they figured if he didn't actually murder Kimberly, he was in a mental hospital and then in jail.
1: Yes. Why was he in jail?
0: I, God, if I don't know. Okay. <laughs> he just he was just in I'm jail. I'm asking the real questions. Oh yeah. Um. But so yeah, he was in jail when Kimberly was murdered. They figured, okay, Kimberly and Karen's, you know, attacks are obviously linked. He wasn't the one that did it so at this point once again they no longer have any more suspects on the case so flash forward to august 6th i believe this is 1982 so we've gone forward a year a year a lot yes it's a new year now so this guy is still on the run um, so... You know, I discredited him, but, you know, he's doing good so far. I know, Not good, he's, like, but good. Mm-hmm. So, this was when the third phone call was placed. Um, police received this call, I believe, some point at night. This is
1: the fourth phone call, right? Oh, fourth
0: phone call, yes. Yeah. It was the third confessional phone call. Um, so, yeah, here is the phone call.
2: emergency. Please don't talk to <laughs> I killed I stand there forty times. Kimberly was the first one I
0: Okay. So a few things to point out. So I'll read this first. He said, please don't talk. Just listen. He said that before. Obviously, I'm sorry I killed that girl. I stabbed her 40 times. Kimberly Compton was the first one over in St. Paul. I don't know what's the matter with me. I'm sick. I'm, I'm going to kill myself. I think the operator asked, where are you? And the caller said, I'm just going to. If somebody dies with a red shirt on, it's me. I've killed more people. I'll never make it to heaven
1: the first thing that jumps out to me is that he said that kimberly was his first kill
0: yes but she wasn't well she was she wasn't she was well karen wasn't murdered remember oh you're right i'm sorry yeah 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 yeah. sorry karen no she's fine
1: (laughs) um and then when he specifically mentions how many times he stabbed her is
0: that the correct number 40 yes this for this new victim yes
1: so that's that's he's aware he knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. at least at some...
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, no. It says in my notes that it was higher than 40. Okay. So, yeah. Um, it's just trying to, you know, keep up with what my notes say. But, yes, yeah, so he... I think it's also interesting, going back to the confessional type thing we were talking about earlier, um, it's interesting to me that he says, specifically, I'll never get into heaven now.
1: Agreed. Especially, you know, when we were talking about... Maybe he views the justice system as God. Obviously not true.
0: Mm-hmm. Because then heaven... I, what would be the equivalent to heaven if the justice system is God? Maybe a mental facility? Because, like, I know back then patients were, you know, pro- not treated as well as they are now. But, I mean, if they it were me... They the psych
1: ward. Have you seen Orange is the New Black? No, I haven't. It's on my list. The last season,
0: psych ward is bliss. Mm, gotcha. Well, I think if it were me... I would rather go to a mental facility or a psych ward, I guess, than, you know, go to a jail. Because jails, uh, they're so messed up. You would be a prison wife.
1: Oh, no. If you had seen Oranges in a Black, you would get it. Okay. You would, you would be somebody's
0: chocolate vanilla swirl. Oh, Lord. Okay. I I'm not sure if I want to know what that is, but okay. I'll Watch just, the show. Okay. It's on my list. It's fine. It's on your list. It's, fine. Um, <laughs> it's fine. So, yeah. So, uh, the third call was made and two no the second body so this is his second kill officially um was found a day later after the call was made i've just noticed a um
1: another thing what was the name of the the second victim kimberly compton the or the second second victim barbara simmons okay yeah because the first was karen with a k second Mm -hmm. was kimberly with a k so if there was another k you know
0: Right. Maybe that was a thing,
1: but nope, I was wrong. So
0: this was Karen again, dark hair.
1: Dark hair, yeah. Mhm. They all have very different builds. Yes. So maybe it's just a hair thing.
0: Yeah, dark hair, I think.
1: I mean I really couldn't tell from the, the pictures, but the first two seem to be shorter, kinda of thicker. Mm-hmm. And this girl's very thin and tall. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm guessing she's tall, her fingers are very long. Yeah,
0: she she I think she was pretty tall. Um, so yeah, so Barbara Simmons was his Third victim, second kill, if you're keeping score. But she was stabbed over 100 times.
1: I'm making a face because she said score. (laughs) But over 100 times, that's insane. Yeah,
0: it's like, okay, so there's stabbing someone once, that's angry. There's stabbing someone like 10 times, that's enraged. Over 100 times is overkill at that point. Right. 61 times was overkill. Was there a specific area that he was targeting, or...? I don't believe so. Okay, I think so he... It, the the wounds on both Kimberly and Barbara were just sort of random. I think he was just sort of swinging whatever weapon he had. It wasn't an ice pick this time, I don't believe. Um, but it was, of course, obviously something very sharp.
1: I'm envisioning him to be middle-aged, white, very short, mm-hmm. with dark hair.
0: Okay. Maybe you're right. We'll see.
1: I bet he has a very big personality if you go back to that <laughs> the conversation we had and we won't be talking about that no, again. Will not.
0: <laughs> okay, so but yeah, so she was found, um, stabbed over one hundred times. So I said okay, one other thing I wanted to point out about the phone call, he mentioned that Kimberly's happened in Saint Paul. We have moved over to the other twin cities, so we're in Minneapolis right now. The the last two attacks were in Minneapolis.
1: Forgive me for my lack of geography, but that is Minnesota, correct? Yes. Okay. Wow. Look yeah. At me. Good job. So that was cold. That yes, cold night. Very cold.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, her body was actually found in the Mississippi River. Um, Represent. Yeah. She had gotten caught on the bank, which was the only reason they found her. It's because she got caught in the bushes.
1: So he didn't weigh her down or anything. He just threw her in the river. Yeah. I
0: would be a much better serial killer. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, but so, yeah. So sh- so they, she, I think she had ID on her. So they were able to track her final movements very easily. So she
1: was wearing clothes, too. So probably was not raped.
0: Yes. I don't think there was any evidence of sexual assault as well. Did he well. only
1: rape one of his victims?
0: Um, He raped Karen. And then there was a, I think, an attempted one later on. But we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. So, but again, like, she was close; She had ID on her, I'm pretty sure. So, they found out that Barbara was at a bar, not the same one as Karen, obviously, because we're in mean um, Minneapolis right now. You can't even have fun without being preyed on. I know. It's so, ugh, whatever. <laughs> it's another conversation for another day. That's another podcast. That's a whole other podcast. Um, but so, she had been at a bar the night she was murdered. Uh, they went to the bar talked to the waitresses and there was one specifically who had talked to Barbara and she said that Barbara had been dancing and talking to one specific man all night long. And she, the waitress said that Barbara came up to get a drink and Barbara had said, I hope this man is nice. He's giving me a ride home. Barbara, no. Yeah. So the waitress actually saw The man that she went home with, obviously, because Barbara had been dancing with her. Or the weight, Yeah. 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 So is he short with dark hair? We'll get to that. Don't worry. Okay. (laughs) So we're actually about to get to that because the police brought out their flip book of mug shots, which they didn't have, like, computers back then, so they had, like, this huge flip book, like, this big. You can't tell, but it's very big. Think, like, uh, all the Harry Potter books combined. Yes. Yes. Big, big book. So they, like, flipped through and showed her all these pictures of these men. And she... It was actually one of the very last ones where she was like, that's him. Like, that's the man. Um, okay.
1: Well, I guess you said I was about to find out what he looks like. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, you know, it's a dark bar. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people. She might not be able to identify. So that wouldn't necessarily been a good determiner.
0: Right. All right, but what's he look like? Okay, so this this man his name is Paul Michael Stefani let me turn this so you can describe that man for us guess what y'all he got dark
1: hair mm-hmm he is balding that tells you a lot about his personality and stress level mm-hmm. he has a uh, mustache that belongs to a certain genre of film <laughs> um, he has not great posture he looks that he's looks like he's stooped mm-hmm. and a very piercing eyes that almost still look lazy at the same time if that makes sense yeah um white male
0: yeah he looks like he would be a serial killer i think
1: uh he actually looks like a lot of high school teachers that i had oh as coaches well. We're going back to that
0: <laughs> um but yeah yeah just basic white guy that's balding the, i think it's in the eyes he doesn't you it's
1: know the eyes yeah if you cover that up i i see bundy eyes yeah but they're not
0: blue yeah
1: but I will say he is clean shaven except for his mustache. So, I mean, he's he's taking care of himself. He's
0: Yeah. I mean, you have to be somewhat, I feel like, you know, attractive if you're going to have women get in the car with you, even, even though I wouldn't personally, I wouldn't consider him attractive at all. But if you're into that. If also, it was I mean, the
1: '80s, so like
0: yeah, different style. If you
1: look at um, what's his name? Smokey and the Bandit, Burt Reynolds. Yeah,
0: he has the Burt Reynolds stash going on. Yes, so maybe he does.
1: maybe that was a con- contributing factor.
0: Right. Um. So let's talk about Stefani, shall we? Let's figure out who he was. And like I said, there's not a lot about him. It's very. You know, he, in interviews, he didn't really go into depth about his family or anything, so we don't know anything about that.
1: Oh, another thing about his description, his voice does
0: not match his, no. um, his image. Mm-mm, mm-mm, not at all. Um, okay, so you were correct when you guessed that he had a mental illness. His family actually had a history of mental illness, and he had one as well. Uh, no sources were specific about what he had, but- His family had a history, so obviously he's got something he had.
1: Did it tell what his family history was?
0: I think bipolar, schizophrenia, all the big ones, pretty much. All the big ones. Yeah. So, at the time, he was 38 years old. Um, Earlier, before either mid-1980 or a little bit before that, he had been convicted of aggravated assault, which is why they had his mugshot um he worked at the manufacturing shop where karen was initially found wow so he knew the area very well um once they had him id'd by the waitress and then of course they went back to uh mickey's diner and showed his picture again to get confirmation which That's good they did he was put on 24-hour surveillance At that point,
1: so they hadn't arrested him yet. No, not yet. So it's interesting as you're bringing in these new details. I'm I'm viewing him as more of a predator, Mm -hmm. whereas before, you know, I wasn't feeling bad for him in any way. But
0: um, yeah, now he's just more of a predator. Yeah, he's skeevy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a good word. Yeah, Yeah. skeevy, skeevy. Um, so let's flash forward to August twenty first, nineteen eighty two. Once again, the police aren't too great at their job because he somehow loses their surveillance. Surprise, surprise. I know. So he lost police surveillance that day and he drove to the Red Light District, which if you are mm-hmm. you don't know what that is, you're probably too young for this podcast. So um, this is where he picked up Denise Williams, who was 19 years old. Did she work there? She did. Okay. Yes. She had been a prostitute since she was 13 years old. So as sad as that is, she knew the area very well. And she knew the people that frequented it very well. So she picked, or he picked her up, um, Stefani did, and they agreed on $100 as they were in the car. Uh, Stefani said that he didn't have all the money right at that moment. So he paid her $40 then and then $60 after is what they agreed. And they went back to his apartment, and you know, had sex. Basically, so
1: seemingly consensual sex. Yeah, as much consensual
0: as, sex. As much as a prostitute can consent to sex. Right. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> and I'm going to spoil this again. Denise is alive. She I did survive. It, yeah. The way you were talking about it, forty right. before, sixty after. Right. Um, and she, <laughs> I saw an interview with her. She's. Such an interesting personality, I think. She's great. Um, All the best to her. But she made it very clear that the um, sex was over very quickly. And she... Big personality. <laughs> she, the, she just kept saying that it was, you know, it was over very quickly. And that was her... She wanted to make it very obvious. I think it was sort of a dig at Stefani, but obviously.
1: Teach their own, you know. Mm-hmm. That's how she copes. hmm
0: So, um... Denise was worried that since it was over so quickly, he would ask for more. She wasn't feeling it after that. I don't blame you, girl. Yeah. Uh, But Stefani said, no, I'm good. He offered to drop her off where he picked her up in the red light district. So this is when Denise started to notice when they were in the car going back, supposedly, to the red light district. She started to notice that Stefani was taking really weird turns. And he was like going in a different direction or like his driving going in a different direction. And like I said, she had been a prostitute since she was 13. So she knew the area. She knew how to get to the red light district from practically everywhere. So she was very aware of, you know, the area and stuff like that. So, um, she said like that they weren't going anywhere near the red light district um, and when she asked him about it, he said that he was taking a shortcut. No, sir. No, sir. So that's when Denise started to get kind of nervous. Obviously, that's when you would get nervous. Right. Um, and she started to look around for a way to protect herself in case he got violent, which very real possibility, as we know. Um, and she found a glass bottle on the floor of his car. So she was like, OK, if he tries something, am going to. Smash the bottle And then stab him Exactly Hopefully over a hundred times Oh hopefully yeah So That's when Stefani Pulled into an empty Parking lot And I guess Was it night Or day at this time It was like evening Okay Yeah Dusk Yeah But um So, what he didn't know is that the empty parking lot was also surrounded by a lot of of residential homes. So, this was not as private as the other areas where he had dumped the bodies had been. So, it kind of showed that he didn't know the area well. Right, exactly. So, (laughs) and I picture him in his mind thinking, like, this is going to be like an 80s action movie when I say this. But he said, he pulled over and he turned to Denise and he said, pardon my French. Ass, grass, or gas, no one rides for free. And then he immediately stabbed her in the stomach with a screwdriver.
1: Ass, grass, or gas.
0: No one rides for free, yeah.
1: Was he saying that he was the ride, and that he needed payment? Yes, I'm assuming so. I think he
0: was just, you know, I feel like he was thinking like, uh, you know... It's the 80s and all the movies have really weird catchphrases. So maybe this will be mine. Stab. All right. Instead of thinking of his name or his title, he
1: is the ass, <laughs> grass, or gas killer. Can we please? Can we? That Everyone just like. Everyone get on the Wikipedia pages now. And change change it, it.
0: Change it. Change it. Please. Sorry. That was my alarm. <laughs> uh, Change it right now. Please. God. Uh, But so, yeah, he said that and then he immediately stabbed her. In the stomach with a screwdriver. A screwdriver? Yes. We're getting blunter and blunter with the We really are, honestly. He's just, he's quite a character, this man. Um, So that's when Denise grabbed the bottle and she started to hit him on the head, continued to attack him. She cut his head, cheek, and hand, and yet he kept stabbing her. Like, he would not stop, even though he was bleeding everywhere. So she managed- DNA evidence, my boys. Mm-hmm. So she managed to get the door open and she fell out of the car and he fell on top of her. That's when Denise played dead, she said. "She screamed." That was the grass option. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm going to hell. <laughs> um, so Denise decided playing dead would be the best option. So she screamed, I'm dying, I'm dying, and then went still. But he continued to stab. So there's that overkill that we talked about. Where he's just. Can like, you imagine having to play dead while someone is stabbing you? I know. You? And obviously she did it
1: successfully because she's still alive. Yeah,
0: it's crazy. Um, but so she figured after a few moments that this was not working, obviously. So that's when she started screaming again. And a neighbor who lived in one of the houses, his name is Douglas Panning. He. Thank you, Douglas. R- thank you, Douglas. He ran outside and saw what was happening. He tried to pull Stefani off. And that's when Stefani turned the screwdriver on him. So he's now trying to stab this grown man, you know, trying to get him. So does the girl immediately start hitting him again? Oh, yeah, probably. Good. I would imagine so. Um, I was so, making sure she
1: was a heroine and not, like, running away. Not oh, that yeah.
0: Sh- she would have every excuse to. Oh, oh, wait. I'm just picturing a, myself in that. Here's her picture. I forgot to show it to you. Okay. This is her. The, She's so young. Yes.
1: Yeah. So this is his first um, not-white victim.
0: Mm-hmm. But she still has dark hair. Very dark hair. And is yeah. this a mugshot? Yeah, she had been arrested for marijuana, I believe. So, but yeah. not
1: prostitution. That's Maybe a prostitution. Yeah, that's, that's a, a whole, different
0: podcast. That's a whole pr- other podcast. <laughs> um, but so yeah, I will actually. Let's see. I, um, yeah, I I heard somewhere that she didn't immediately go to. Talked to the police because she was wanted for something, or she had been charged for something, and she had broke probation. That's, anyway,
1: that's insane that you can't report that because of. Sorry, another
0: podcast. Yeah, we'll talk about. <laughs> Please continue. <man. laughs> uh, so, Douglas, when the screwdriver was turned on him, he was like, "Ah!" So he ran back into his house immediately, called nine one one, and um, that is when, oh, Stefani had chased him back to his house he closed the door on him so he couldn't get in um at this point denise has sort of crawled off to where she wasn't in harm's way directly again and stefani ran back into his car and drove away so denise after all of this had been stabbed 15 times in the head abdomen and chest her liver and lungs were both punctured and she's alive. She is alive. She is alive to tell the story, which I think is just incredible. I'm going to go home and watch her interviews after this. Oh, yeah. she's she's There's um, a few documentaries I can actually send them to you. Okay, great. But uh, she, she was quite a character. I liked her. So at this time, police received a fourth phone or, yeah, fifth phone call, which you'll notice is wildly different from all the others. His voice is different, guarantee. Yes. So here it is.
2: Where? 1505 Westminster. 1505? Yeah. Westminster, what's the problem? I'm all cut up. I got beat up. What's your apartment number? 208, I'm bleeding. 208, where are you bleeding from? From my arm, my face, my
0: head. And that was just the other, you know, the lady telling the story that you heard at the end. So as soon as he is the victim... His
1: voice changes. Yes. I find it very interesting that he calls 911 to, you know, have an ambulance come to his house, mm-hmm. knowing that not only one, but two
0: people saw him, mm-hmm. and they're all going to have corresponding wounds. Yep. So, if you didn't hear what he had said, he said, and this is the second part, this is the most important part. He said, I'm all caught up. Cut up. I got beat up. 911 operator said, which apartment number? He said, 208. I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding where are you bleeding from from the arm my face my head so those are the exact areas that denise said that she had you know gotten him with the bottle um so yeah that was actually the final phone call because he was arrested as soon as the ambulance came to pick him up and take him to the hospital
1: great i know Thank God. Also, when they put you in an ambulance, they usually strap you down so you don't, like, freak out in transit. Mm-hmm. So, like, it would have been great if he was, like, already strapped down to the little Gertie thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then they were like, you're under arrest.
1: And he, like, is, like, fighting and can't move.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Ultimate 80s thriller. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Stefani was charged with attempted murder for Denise, um... They questioned him about all the other attacks, but he literally denied everything. And he said, and I quote, you're not going to pin those on me.
1: Interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Even though they had his voice as evidence, you know. And it's it, obviously like Denise's case is a lot stronger in this sense. Right. But I think the voice calls are still very significant. So... He was also charged with the murder of Barbara Simmons, finally, and the attempted murder of Denise Williams, as I said before. So he could have been charged for Karen's attack and Kimberly's murder. However, they took place in St. Paul and Denise and Barbara's took place in Minneapolis. So different jurisdictions. Don't you hate that? That's mm-hmm. in
1: all of the crime shows. Yep. Every time... They do that on purpose. It's yes. like his only redeeming quality as a serial killer is that he crossed jurisdictions. Yeah.
0: He he was smart enough to do something like that. And
1: that great quote.
0: Mm-hmm. You're not going to pin the... Oh, the, the <laughs> ass, grass, and gas. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah. So, the police... Uh, Minneapolis police had no jurisdiction over the other two, and the St. Paul police decided not to charge him since it was pretty clear that he was going to be convicted and jailed anyway, which... I have a problem with. Um, Justice for the victims? Yeah, literally. Uh, He's a white man. He's obviously not going to get as much time as anyone else. Mm -hmm. So might as well add on some years. I mean, it's just like, you know, imagine, picture being the family of, like, Karen, or being Karen, and then also the family of Kimberly, and seeing this guy who assaulted, you know, your daughter and killed your daughter. Does Karen have any interviews? Uh, I didn't... I think just besides the interviews she did originally, I think she's tried to distance herself from the whole thing. I don't blame her. Yeah. Uh, But so, yeah. So he was convicted and jailed, even though he pled guilty or pled not guilty to both convictions. So he was like, he's still in denial. He's still like, I didn't do him. So let's back up a little bit. The prosecution matched the 911 calls to Stefani's voice. However, so they, they tried to call in a voice expert for it so they could match it up 100%. However, the voice expert was like, they are remarkably similar, but he couldn't confirm if they were the same person.
1: Because he did the different voice thing.
0: Yeah. In the first few calls, right? I rolled my eyes. You couldn't see it, but it was there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was, so, so the prosecution was like, ah what do we do but then stefani's family members came forward and they were like they went to the stand and they were like literally that's his voice we grew up hearing that voice his family members his family members wow yeah yeah well good yeah glad that somebody is you know at least paying attention and trying to get justice um did did they say like what family members like his mom brother sister it was his mom and his sister I wonder what he did to them. Yeah. I'm sure there was something. With, oh, yeah. You know, his
1: behavior. Did, mm-hmm. did they ever say? Did you not?
0: No. Like I said, his his family history is very quiet. This is the only time that they're mentioned in his story, pretty much.
1: Well, that's good. You know, they shouldn't be raped into him.
0: Right. Um. So he when they confirmed it was his voice, the jury was pretty much sold at that point. So he was sentenced to 40 years for murder and 18 years for attempted murder. How old is he? Did you say that? He was 38 at this time. So, like, could still live and get out of prison. Yeah, pretty much.
1: And this is what's wrong with the American justice system. Mm-hmm. Not the only thing. <laughs> One of the things.
0: So, he's been convicted. This is the 80s. We're going to flash forward 12 years. 1997. The 90s. Woo. Is this the part where he comes out of your bathroom? God, I hope not. Once again. <laughs> um, so, Stefani was diagnosed with terminal skin cancer that year. And he was like, alright, if I'm gonna die, I might as well confess. So he called, he reached out to the St. Paul police, and he confessed to all of the ta- attacks. On Karen, on Kimberly, and another victim. So, mm-hmm. statute of Limitations. Mm-hmm. He
1: wasn't tried for the original two murders. No. Could they have on him to try and give him more time even though
0: like he was dying i mean i feel like i feel like maybe if they could have i'm not quite sure if they could have i doubt they would have because he i mean terminal he wasn't gonna live that long anyway
1: all you needed was sunscreen my dude Mhm.
0: all right tell me about this victim so his let's see we're up to five victims now this is his fifth one um originally police didn't tie it to him because it didn't fit the mo there was no phone call she got dark hair I actually could not find a picture of her Oh wow So I have no I would assume so probably Can't tell you though
1: Well maybe like the
0: time difference Like Yeah Yeah probably um, But so her name was Kathleen Greening She was 31 at the time she was killed Starts with a K Oh she's mm-hmm. older Yes Was this his first? No So this took place before Barbara's murder They estimate that this he, she was killed the 31st of July And what city was this? This was St. Paul Okay Yeah So this was before he made the switch. But basically, he drowned her in the bathtub of her home. And this is where the attempted rape comes back in. He said that they were in the bathtub together. And he tried, you know, tried to have sex with her. And she was not feeling it. So he just kind of shoved her under the water. And there's an interview, like a police interview. This is on YouTube if you want to check it out. Um, But he's, like, talking about how he shoved her under the water and like just saw just watched her you know die without doing anything this attack seems a lot more personal
1: you know he's in her home in her bathtub right well and he drowned her rather than stabbing
0: her right and so you say it's more personal in her phone book which they took for evidence he his name was in the phone book so it was obvious that she knew him somehow like you don't just put some random guy in your phone book um So in this interview, this is the interview where he confessed to every single murder. He went into detail about the murders, which is why we know how many times he stabbed and, like, you know, where we got confirmation for where he met each victim and stuff like that. Um, But one of the very last things that he said in the interview when they asked him, like, why did you feel the need? This is where the why question comes in. This is, you know, like I said before, this is this is very unfulfilling answer to me, what he said. He said killing seemed like something you were supposed to do and that's his answer as to why he killed people which makes me think maybe he saw you know a close relative kill someone in his childhood or maybe his dad you know did something or i don't know you said there wasn't a lot of details about his uh, family did there were no details on his dad i couldn't find any details on his i think i i If I'm remembering correctly, and it's been like over the process, over the course of this month where I've researched this case, I think maybe one source mentioned the father and said that he did abuse the family. But because it was one source and I couldn't find confirmation in any other place, I didn't feel like, you know, it was necessary. I mean, obviously, if he actually did, yes, it's necessary. But because I couldn't confirm it with a second source, you know.
1: Outside of, you know, mental illness and that being genetic, um, we've learned so much about early childhood, like, development. Yes. And, again, outside of mental illness, the environment that you grow up in, even if it's just slightly negative, it can Mm -hmm. have so much of a profound effect on your life.
0: absolutely, yeah. So, something happened. Something definitely happened. Um, unfortunately, they couldn't really question further because he died... Um, June twelfth, nineteen ninety eight. The weepy voice killer was officially declared dead.
1: Nineteen ninety eight, you say?
0: Yes. <laughs> what?
1: That's like, uh, let's see, just shy of eight days for a year until uh-huh. I was born.
0: Well, I was born in nineteen ninety eight. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Look at us, babies. <laughs> yeah um but so yes that is that is the story of the weepy voice killer what do you think any lingering questions or thoughts
1: i'm still trying to wrap my head around it because i had so many initial thoughts
0: mm-hmm. right
1: and then he just comes out and confesses mm-hmm. you know i th- still think you know whether it was something in his early development or some kind of mental illness which is you know likely because of his family history right um It just doesn't add up. It seems like there were two different people. Yeah.
0: I definitely feel like, I feel like if, if I were to diagnose him, it would be, like you said, schizophrenia or or multiple personality disorder. Because, like, I mean, like I said before.
1: Even, you know, extreme bipolar could have those symptoms.
0: Right. But like I said before, you know, it's hard for me to think of some, you know, a person just, like, doing this overkill and murdering someone and, you know, Raping someone and then just turning around a few hours later and being like, "I'm sorry I didn't mean to do that. you know
1: your face was perfect when you did that.
0: Thank you. yeah, it was great. Did you know I'm an actor? I know you're an actor. Thank you.
1: <laughs> did you know that hey, I'm have you heard about either?
0: well, um that so yeah, so I agree. I feel like there's a lot more to the story that we unfortunately won't be able to find out.
1: But that's the good part. Well not the good part, but that's mm-hmm. the fun part. That's where you get to, you know,
0: think about it. Yeah.
1: And, you know, draw your own conclusions yeah. and have all your, you know, conspiracy theories exactly, about different things. Exactly.
0: Yeah. That's what makes it fun. Um so yeah. I think that's pretty much it. Uh I'm gonna say my outro and then I'm going to stick around you know, you guys stick around for the final list of the victims, like I said before. But uh thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you could Leave a review on iTunes. That really does help a lot. It boosts the podcast for, you know, everyone else to see. Um, You can also follow the Twitter, the official Twitter. Uh, That's H-H-Y-H-A podcast. I will be posting updates about the next case, which is also going to be a serial killer. However, it's going to be a female serial killer.
1: (gasps) Those are the best. Yes.
0: Um, I really like this next one too but if you want updates about that you know follow the twitter please thank you you should
1: also leave nice comments and like whatever you're on
0: i watch on youtube personally so like nice comments
1: under those are great yes
0: i saw oh my goodness hello uh okay so there was a person that commented on i think the last episode on youtube and she was like great subscribe and i was like thank you so thank you person if you're listening right now i really appreciate it
1: (laughs) you should have wrote down
0: our user i know i should i'm just now thinking about it though because it's been a few weeks we we see you. We, we see appreciate you. Yes, you. I read all of your reviews and comments. Don't worry, um, even if they're negative. We're even seeing they, you. yeah, constructive criticism. We're watching you. Yes. Okay. So, um, if you want to, you know, friend Rebecca on Facebook since you don't have Twitter.
1: Yeah, I don't have Twitter. I'm one of those. Yeah,
0: but I will. I'll, I'll leave your Facebook down below if they want to connect with you. Sounds great. <laughs> um, I just post a lot of memes. Mm-hmm. The best kinds. A lot of a lot of uh, 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 political. T- you know stuff too which is always great yeah a lot of politics a lot mm-hmm. of uh, cats you know
1: cats and <laughs> politics those are the best yeah
0: um so yeah i think that is pretty much it oh all the links to the sources will also be in the description or details of the episode now let's get to the victim list okay karen potak kimberly compton kathleen greening barbara simmons and denise williams